If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world of food. First, does this sound yummy or yucky? It's Alatuna Pizza, named after the town in Pennsylvania. Mm. It's thick Sicilian pizza with green pepper, salami, and a slice of American cheese on top. It's been around since the 1960s. Second, Kev, you know how you see yourself as a trendsetter? And one time you had me taste hot honey for the first time. Oh, yeah, you're right. I do. Well, now Marco's Pizza has teamed up with Mike's Hot Honey for the launch of the new Hot Honey Pepperoni Magnifico Pizza Mm. starting today. Mm. And finally, in the world of food, of all the chores associated with parenting, mom and dad, what's your least favorite? You want to you want to say your least favorite chore of parenting? Um, Running the kids around all their activities. Ooh, that's a good one. Close to thirty percent of moms and dads said they would rather clean the bathroom than pack their kids' lunch. Hmm. No kidding. Yeah, they don't like doing it. I don't know. It's just a, a hassle, I guess. Every night or every morning, you're rushing around trying to get the lunch packed. They had on a they had on America's Funniest Videos uh, the other night. A mom pranked her kid and put plastic fruit in the kid's lunchbox. <laughs> now, I don't know if she put money in there too to pay for a, you know, like the school bought lunch, but it was really funny seeing his face. He's like, "What? That's cute. What? what? We should talk about this though." I, I think yeah. What's a- what's your least favorite chore as a mom or a dad, and how you answer that will be based on how old your children are right now. You know, if it's <laughs> right. if it's a newborn, it might be sterilizing right. the bottles. If if, your do kids people are, still do that? If your kids are my age, it might be Venmoing them money <laughs> again. Right. <laughs> so we'd love to hear from you. Hey, Mary. Mary. It's Kevin and Taylor. Hey, guys. We want to ask you, they did a survey of moms and dads, and they asked them the chore associated with parenting they d- don't like at all. The one and they least like. What, what would it be for you? Picking up, like, I feel like I'm in a constant, like, 90-degree angle, just picking up constantly, because if I don't, I trip. I was going to say, as it is. picking yeah. up their toys when they don't is better than the alternative of stepping on a Lego. Which is the worst pain after childbirth. <laughs> okay, so they asked moms and dads, what's your least favorite parenting chore? How about you, Jen? Oh, my kids are 17, 16, and 7. They've been packing their own lunches for years because they didn't like the way we did it, so I told them they had to do it themselves. <laughs> my, my least favorite is laundry. It's oh. never ending. Yes. They, they run the laundry and they get it clean, but I can never get it folded and put back in time. Uh, and then the don't kids have, like, they have multiple uh, costume changes all day, so it makes it even more work. Yes, with sports and the <laughs> stuff my kid does, it, it's regular clothes and then the after school clothes yes you know what taylor though you got you got to be careful what you wish for because like uh tracy she always wanted the kids to take over doing their own laundry and what that meant was she could never get use of the washing machine because someone always had something going oh yeah and then the kids would are the kings of leaving wet clothes in the washer which creates a whole nother issue Uh. do you believe in the power of prayer you think prayer changes things um you ever pray pray and pray for something and then, then one day it just comes through like, wow, that is really something, God. Well, a Kevin and Taylor listener heard one of my prayers and has made it come true. And this is this is a big one. I mean, it's wow. pretty it's pretty big. I'll tell you what happened next. We're talking about the power of prayer and uh, and how God does answer prayers. Uh, we had a pastor one time. He said God answers every prayer. 
Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. We never, ever go, oh, God answered my prayer. He said no. (laughs) Right? No one ever gives that report. And sometimes he says maybe or wait. Um, But I have had a prayer fulfilled that came in this nice, neat little Amazon box. You remember the other day, somebody somebody was on and we were talking about prayer. And I was like, oh, wow, I need to pray for a Ferrari. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody sent me, just came in the mail, just in my mailbox today. Our Hot Wheels Ferrari. Ah. <laughs> There's no note. There's no Get like, out. who it's from. No, that nothing. might have been an Amazon mistake. They do that a lot. No, it's like, well, oh, you mean there should have been a note inside? Yeah, I got yeah, you. yeah. There's probably supposed to be So, a yeah, I've got a Ferrari 333 SP. Look at Woo-hoo! that. Answered prayer. Answered prayer. Um, and I we guess even make it, made a joke that someone would probably give you a Hot Wheels. The lesson, <laughs> the lesson here, I guess, is... Uh, that it, uh, I should have been more specific. Prayer specific. Pray specifically, yes. I should have been way more specific. A real Ferrari, you know, that a human being can sit in and drive. Whoever sent that thank you made my day. Fess up, Taylor. We're talking about prayer and how I've openly prayed for a Ferrari. And someone sent me a Hot Wheels Ferrari, a Matchbox car. Did, did you send me this? No, you keep thinking Come it's on. me. I wish I was that smart. Tell me the truth. No, it wish. I wish. I, it, it was not me. Because we had joked on the radio, somebody's going to send mm. you a Matchbox car. Your body language says you're not lying. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it wasn't me. I wish I had been that yeah, creative. Maybe all- it was our producer, Griffin. This is kind of fun and crass that we're yeah, fun. I mean, it is a little crass that we're talking about prayer this way. I do want you guys to know we we definitely believe 110% in the power of prayer. And I've seen that in my own life through some, I'm not going to get very specific because it's kind of private. Um, but through COVID, we went through some awful re- relationship situations in our family. And through years of praying, they've been restored or on the road to restoration. And it's, I totally, 100% say that it was God slowly moving in our lives wow. when we were ready, not when we wanted it. That's awesome. So if you're in that spot, I encourage you, yes, absolutely. Keep praying. Even when it seems like nothing is happening or is going to happen, just you got to trust, right? You got to lean in. If you're dating and wondering if he or she is the one, how can you tell? Well, for starters, if you love doing mundane things like running errands together, chances are you may be in love. Tracy and I still do that. Yeah. It's, it's like we never go to like Costco by ourselves. It's always That's both. awesome. And now here are some uh, concrete signs, other ones. Number one, your feelings don't fade. Number two, you give each other your undivided attention. So you're really good listeners with each other. Number three, you can have deep conversations. Four, you can be your authentic self around each other. And the last one to tell if you're in love, you even love each other's imperfections. Oh, there's one more. Uh, you've lost all interest in dating other people. Mm. Oh, those are good. That's I think that's a good list. Mm-hmm. That is a really good list. You know, I'm from Baltimore and Baltimore has made the list. So many times it's like they'll come out with all these lists. What's the best place to retire? Where is the best place to spend your vacation? Never see Baltimore on the list. Never see. Baltimore has topped a list. Baltimore right. is the number one city in the entire country for something. I uh, can't wait to share it with you next.
So uh, Baltimore, my hometown, has finally reached number one on one of those lists they always put out. Like, here's the best uh, best city for quaint coffee shops, or here's the best city for, here's the place you want to go for the best beaches, right? Yeah. Uh, Baltimore's never on any of those lists. We never make any of those lists. Your poor hometown. It's always bad stuff we make it for. So. Aww. So Baltimore is number one coming in front of cities like Tampa and Spokane and Sacramento was number two for the city with the least attractive people. What? <laughs> that's terrible. We did it. Who even puts out? That's just rude. Who does that? That is so rude. Now, now I'm, I'll tell you why am I happy about this, this honor, this Baltimore is home <laughs> of the least attractive people. I haven't lived there now for yes. <laughs> a couple of decades. And you and your wife, Tracy, who is and also from Baltimore, are very attractive it people. It should so. be noted, Baltimore wasn't even in the top 10 while we were living there. See, and now all of a sudden we leave. You leave. And it skyrockets Good to looking one. people moved away. Right. <laughs> Wait, we got to be careful. You could have some cousins listening. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> Coming up in just a minute, is being a pet owner harder than you think? Think about this for a minute. Could it be that being a pet owner is harder than you think? Oh, yeah. According to brand new research, taking care of your pet is more stressful than managing a romantic relationship or being a parent. What? No, there is no, no way. I completely disagree written by someone with who this research. <laughs> uh, parenting is way harder. So where does the stress in owning a pet come from? The survey also found people think about their pet aging as much as they think about that getting older themselves. Mm. We also stress about our pet's health, them being lonely when we're not there and more. This is wild. Of people who grew up with a pet, mm-hmm. they think about their childhood pe- fur pal, pal the Chicago, <laughs> the fur Chicago came out, the fur pal more than three times a week or 180 times a year. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, that whole stressful thing with with pets, especially we have five dogs and a couple of them are starting to get older, like Lucrezia, our one greyhound. If you, if you ever see any pictures I post of her now, her one eye is cloudy. She's lost Aww. vision in one of her eyes. Um, and then Charlie's his muscles and his back legs are starting to go a little bit and it's they're so getting hard. older. And it's very stressful. Yeah. You're like, no, 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 no. You cannot get old. I know. <laughs> you cannot get old. You, you are going to be here for forever. <sighs> but the reality is, you know, that's not going to happen. Glenn calls them emotional ticking time bombs. <laughs> and we still talk about Alex the Wonder Mutt every single day. Hey, Diane, it's Kevin and Taylor. I'm so glad hey. you called because we want to talk to you for in a second about this whole thing about uh, pet parenting, uh, being a pet owner, being stressful. But first, fill us in. Tell us about the animals in your house. How many do you have? Oh, boy. (laughs) 21. What? (laughs) You got an ark. That's not a house. (laughs) Tell us more. How many of Is your husband's name Noah? (laughs) No, my son is. (laughs) (laughs) So how how many of each species? Tell us more. Okay. So I have eight dogs. I have eight cats. I have two chinchillas, two tortoises. I have a pig and two squirrels. What? No kidding. All right. So the, the, they say they surveyed pet owners and believe yep. it. And now you, you're a mom, too. They're saying yep. that taking care of your pet is more stressful than managing a romantic relationship or being a parent. Do you cry foul on that? 
Or what do you say as an owner of 21 pets? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because in a romantic relationship, um, they can speak for themselves. I think that people really understand that these animals, and this is what I try to implore with my staff and Because you're and a vet, that. right, right. Yes, that these animals, they, they rely on us for everything. They can't make a decision on themselves as far as care, as yeah. far as, mm. you know, the relationship. So it's really important that we put their needs, so to speak, first. Mm. Where the person can speak for, up for themselves. You know, True. Yeah. This does not make okay. me feel good or whatever. Yeah. And that's what makes being a veterinarian such a tough job because we cannot ask them. Right. You can't ask them and they can't respond. And ladies because and gentlemen, that... Know. That is another report, Diane, from the Ark. The more you know. <laughs> hey, do you feel like you have pretty good friendships? So why is it that they're calling it a friendship recession in our country? A higher hmm. number of people self-reporting. They don't have any friends. 76% of women surveyed said their number was clo- of, of close friends has don- gone down in the past year. Now, why is this happening? Well, they have several theories. Uh, We tend to move away from family and friends for work. We have to work longer hours and then we have to pick up side gigs to make ends meet. That leaves little time for friendships. And they say a mom home alone with a newborn is a recipe for acute loneliness. Hmm. So what can you do about it? It could be isolating, yeah. Yeah, what can you do? You have to be the initiator. It's, It's up to you. Reach out to an old friend. Rekindle that. Start a new activity. Invite another mom over for a play date, but it has to start with you. And remember, a true friendship takes time and it needs to be nourished. Oh, and and also, if I can add this, we've, we have four kids, so got a little experience in this. The uh, And when you invite someone over for the play date, do not worry that the house is not perfect. Mm. Do not worry that the kitchen's not clean. Do not worry that, you know, everything's not perfectly put away in its place. Because guess what? After those kids are together for like five minutes, it's all going to be destroyed anyway. <laughs> and that's not... While you're inviting someone over and the house that they left to come hang at your house is a disaster as well. So don't don't even give that a second thought. You know, what? we should chat about this, about that isolation that moms can feel when the kids come along, um, because it's a it's a big deal. It's a real thing. And it can leave you feeling like, you know, what am I doing? What's going on? So if you've dealt with that, if you if you hear that and you're like, oh, my gosh, I've been there or I am there. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about this thing. I think it's very interesting. You brought it up, Taylor. That it's what is it? A friend recession? Friendship re- recession, where there's more people than ever saying they either have very few close friends or no close friends. Okay, I can't totally relate to that because I've never had a lot of close friends, and it's been it's been on purpose. I don't know if I learned this from my dad or just through life, but I have a lot of acquaintances. Tons of acquaintances, like people that I'm friendly with. Hey, how's it going? Great. Good to see you. How's the wife? How's the kids? You know, like that kind of thing. I have like hundreds of them, but I've, I've given this advice to my kids as well. You want your close friends. You want that to be a very small, tight knit group um, because you don't want to. And you see it on social media all the time now on Instagram, Facebook or you know, Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it now, um, where people go really deep like sharing really private stuff with total strangers. And you can do that in, you know, in real life too, with, I don't know, like coworkers or somebody that you barely know at church and you feel a trust level because you're in this thing together. And then 
you find out they told everyone this thing that you shared in confidence with them. So the number of people that I've had, and I've given that advice to my kids too, I think it's good advice. Close friends, you want to have very few. Acquaintances, endless. Have tons of acquaintances. Mm -hmm. Experts say you can, no one should have more than five close friends. Hmm. It's just too much. And I don't think anyone, many people have five but I've always said to like my sisters, because they're all moms and they all watch their children go through the stress of the ebbs and flows of friendships. Mm-hmm. And I always say, OK, well, I'm getting on my knees. I'm going to pray for one or two mm-hmm. good friends yeah. because that's all it takes. So are you like me? You were today years old when you realized there's something called a friendship re- recession happening in our country. Like uh, people are just saying we I just don't have many friends or any close friends. Mm-hmm. And do you think there's something to it? Is there something we can do to fix it? We'd love for you to weigh in. And so we're talking about this uh, phenomenon. They're saying people are self-reporting fewer friends than ever, that they're they're calling it a friendship recession. I, I agree. And I blame COVID for a lot of that. Mm. Um, people became more introspective. And then the other thing is um, politics. Um, that's another hot button. And I, I was saying to my husband that, you know, some of my best friends, you can't talk to anything. You can't talk to them about things now. Mm. It's just on surface. Yeah. yeah. Because anything yeah. you're going to bring up, it's, it's, it's another tough. issue. I, right. You sound and like so, you've listened in on, on my husband, Glenn and I. We were talking about how it used to be. You could talk to people and just discuss issues and nobody had yeah. to get angry or mad. Um, I mean, there's a famous husband and wife. He's a Democrat. She's a Republican. And they're married and they're madly in love. And yet they can talk politics with each other. And it seems like we've gotten so polarized. Yeah, I think you really you really hit on something there. Well, thanks for calling and sharing that bit of your life with us. Okay, you guys have a great day. I enjoy your program so much. Thank you. Bye bye. If I can give just a little word of wisdom, if you feel like you're in a friendship recession, the two things I've learned in my in my age is, number one, I had a pastor that would make us repeat, love what? Love initiates. Mm. So if you want to have friends, you have to be the initiator. That's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. It takes if, nurturing. It takes say? time. If you want a friend, be a friend. Yeah. Right. And I would encourage us as followers of Jesus to very actively go befriend people who are not at all like you. Because that's how you spread God's love mm-hmm. is and you can be friends with people who have completely opposing views of as you are. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. Do you have one of those video doorbells? Ring is offering to pay you one million dollars if your doorbell camera catches actual footage of aliens. <laughs> it's called the million dollar search for extraterrestrials. It doesn't have to be high def footage of E.T. waving at the camera. Just unusual, extraordinary or unexplainable behavior. Now, fake stuff is allowed for a different contest. If you can use costumes and props and do a staged alien invasion and the best one's going to get $500 Amazon gift cards. I'm thinking a reenactment of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Are you familiar with that movie? No, I'm not. It's ro- widely recognized as the worst movie of all time. <laughs> I mean, people, I've seen it multiple times. People watch it because it's so it's bad. It's so bad. Bella Lugosi was in it, famous old timey horror movie actor. He died halfway through making the movie. No. And instead of editing his scenes out, they left the work he'd already done in. 
and had the actor cover his face with a cape that that had fill in for him the rest of the time. It's that bad. Wow. Well, if you want to recreate that movie, that bad movie, uh, the whole thing just has to be filmed on your ring doorbell. You, but you can win one of those five hundred dollar Amazon gift cards. Okay, so um, I blame your wife for something that's going on in my life right now. It's all Tracy's fault. <laughs> okay. Um, I went to one of those big box stores yesterday. Had yeah. to get a couple things. And I decided because it's on sale, I got trick or treat candy. <laughs> and I had just heard the top candies, Reese's peanut butter cups, mm-hmm. followed by M&M's. So I got those. Right. And because of your wife, I got the full size. The full size. Got to go yep. full size. But last year, see, I don't have trick or treat decorations. I mm-hmm. have fall decorations and I throw on all the lights. But the kids were skipping my house. I'm like, mm. no, my lights are on. I just don't have skeletons and stuff out in the yard. So I think this year I got to step it up because I spent the money on the full size and I got to go to do that end of the driveway thing. Oh, yeah. I totally. It's going to be the only yeah. way. Get a couple of lawn chairs, sit out at the end of the driveway with a big bucket yeah. of candy. Because yeah. last year yeah. was sad. I just brought the full size here to the radio station and stuck it in the kitchen. Yeah. I'm telling like, you, you're going to have 100% increase in uh, foot traffic. Okay. Absolutely. Let's hope the weather is good that night. <laughs> <laughs> right. Watch. Watch. It's going to rain. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up, imagine this. You show up to pick up your child at school like any other day and no one knows where they are. Wait till you hear who came to the rescue. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Imagine this. You show up to pick up your child from school, just like any other day, and she is nowhere to be found. That was the helpless panic situation for a mom in Houston named Mercedes. Her six-year-old daughter, Serenity, with special needs, had wandered away from school and was missing for over an hour. They finally found her. And turns out a homeless guy saw this little girl was alone and kept her safe until someone got there. And her mom is forever grateful. She's at the school somewhere. They just don't know where. She was hysterically crying. Like, I I literally thought she was hurt. He did save her life. Something definitely would have happened to my baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that guy, that homeless guy just came along and kept her safe. I don't get to fly a ton. I mean, I'm still at the point where when I do fly, I'm like, it's a big deal. I'm like, ooh. So I was very interested when I came across an article about the most annoying behaviors that your fellow passengers think, or you know, stuff that you might be doing that's annoying. So I've got a list here, Taylor, we're going to run down and see if you're guilty of these oh, annoying this behaviors. This is so fun because I also, later, I have what flight attendants get most annoyed about. Okay. Well, first, let's see if you're doing these things that's irritating other passengers, and then we'll find out what flight attendants are. And it'll be interesting, too, to see if they overlap. We'll, we'll do this next. We were mentioned a minute ago that uh, we both, I think we both get to travel, uh, but not so much so that it's just like, oh, yeah, I got to go on another trip. Right? No, it's, it's exciting. It's, still, it's so yeah. exciting. And it's a, you, you feel a little out of your element when you're on a when you're on a plane and it's kind of a big deal and stuff. So they've come up with a list of uh, stuff that your fellow passengers uh, get offended by. OK. And there's a I co- hope I haven't done any of these couple of them on here that I totally do. One that I don't understand why it's offensive. So we're just going to going to go in order. OK. Um, like this one. Switching seats. Oh, one of the most offensive behaviors. People don't like it when you, you don't switch ask. seats. Uh-oh. I've totally asked. Like, Especially if I'm giving them a better seat so I can sit by my husband, Glenn. Mm-hmm. I feel okay going, do you mind switching? You're going to be up. You're going to be up closer to the front. People are saying like for, they've probably already picked their seat. They've probably picked it for a reason and they feel pressure. 
And that's not why you're traveling. You're not mm-hmm. traveling because you want to feel pressured into doing something. Man, you okay. think there'd be, unless it's an upgrade. This one's tough, especially if you have the middle seat, using both armrests. That's not, that's, you don't do that. So especially. how do you decide which one to pick? How do you know which armrest is your armrest? I just armrest? don't think you should use them at all. Just keep huh. your hands down. I have a theory on armrests. I think both should go to the per. If someone's in the middle seat, they deserve to have both I armrests. I always get stuck in the middle. You deserve both armrests. Thank you. And I think the people on your right and left should should like let you know that. Like, I hey, won't feel argue free to, with that. That's feel cool. Free to, yeah, don't you? Don't, <laughs> doesn't that make sense? Yeah. I, I think it does. You're totally stuck jammed in there. Yeah. Okay, this is the one that I I don't understand why this is offensive. I, I do it, and every time I do it, I'm like, oh, man, is this going to be a thing? Reclining your seat. That's not allowed? People don't let well, you're allowed, but people don't, people don't like it. You're on a really long flight. You're trying to get a little bit of sleep. That's your one little half inch the person, to try and. person behind you thinks it's inconsiderate. couple more. This one is an absolute no, and I do find this one irritating. Taking off your shoes and socks. Nope. Don't do it. You, what about shoes and leave your socks on? Uh, I have done it. Yeah, I do that. When you're on the plane for like nine hours. But, yeah. but, but taking them both off and being bare feet, especially like if you ever been near someone that's on the uh, bulkhead and they put their feet up on the bulkhead. Like, dude, this is Ew. not your living room. What are you doing? Uh, this one I am so guilty of. Unwanted conversations. I talk to <laughs> everybody. Everyone. That's not good, Kev. And if I they're just, sending you the message with their book or their AirPods, you leave them alone. I literally had a guy tell me, okay, I'm going to read now. <laughs> And I, had ne- I had never met him. We had just sat down. Uh, okay, there's one more, and this one I find it irritating, not just on plane. I guess especially on a plane, uh, using your speakerphone, like having no, a yeah, chat with someone on your speakerphone. Yeah. So, but you have a list. The flight attendants, flight attendants, annoyances. All right, we'll find out if there's any overlap in what they're getting irritated with next. Really is funny when you jam all these people on a little flying tube that is an airplane. The uh, the human behavior mm-hmm. that gets highlighted. And I saw a fascinating TikTok the other day, and it was flight attendants. And what there's four things that irritate them the most okay. about your behavior. Okay, and there's two things they love the most. Okay, so the four things that really bug them when someone changes a diaper on the the tray table. Oh, oh, that oh, is a big no, 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 no. Believe no, it or not, no. this happens often enough to be their second worst pet peeve as a flight attendant when people clip their finger or toenails no, they on don't. the plane. No, Gross. they don't. Oh, um, I did not know this has ever happened because thank goodness this has never happened to me. Like I've never witnessed this when I fly. They do not close the door when they use the bathroom. They forget to close it and lock it so it says occupado. You know, there's a little light. And the last thing, when they see you barefoot in the bathroom, (laughs) you do not want to do that on an airplane. And then, so now to be more positive, the two things that flight attendants love the most, because, you know, they're there for your safety. They're not waitresses in the sky Mm -hmm. or waiters. That's not, but they said they do love when they give you your drink or your snack if you give them a big smile or even a, they don't even mind a wink. They don't think you're flirting. They just know you're mm-hmm. like, it's loud in there and you're being appreciative. Mm-hmm. And their second favorite, favorite behavior of you as a passenger is when they see you helping a fa- a fellow passenger with their luggage oh, that yeah. warms their heart and they love oh, that. That's cool. Yeah. So that's there you cool. go.
Did you see the picture from I the posted, by the way, of uh, a flight attendant when uh, my wife and I were coming back from With Las the hair? Vegas? She had the best hair I've ever seen. It was awesome. It was so good, and her smile was awesome. And I felt a little weird. I was like... You have the best hair of any flight attendant I've ever seen. Can I get a selfie with you? And she was like, sure. Aww, <laughs> she was awesome. very, very proud of it. I love how confident you are. I'd be too shy. Yeah. I go into a little bit of a like. Well, like I said a minute ago, I talk to everybody <laughs> yeah. on the plane. Flight attendants too.